This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. Guys, you can be seated. Welcome to Anchor Church. Uh, my name is Chris Amaro. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm excited to share from God's word with you guys today. Uh, if, you, if you've never met me, if you're new here, maybe it's even your first or second time here, we'd love to meet you. We want to know you. Uh, we want to invite you to be part of uh, the church family here, the family of God. So uh, after service, if, if you're tempted to run off and uh, get out of here as fast as possible, resist that temptation. Come up here. Uh, we want to talk to you. And especially if you need prayer, we want to be there for you. All right. Uh, but we're in the book of Jonah today. And before we get going here, I want to share with you guys uh, a little so- story. It's a silly story of when I was a kid. I was f- probably about four years old. And I don't even know why I remember this story. But I, I was in, uh, I grew up in Casa Grande, Arizona. And I know it's Hispanic Heritage Month. I know how to say Casa Grande, Casa Grande. But growing up in that town, for some reason, we all called it Casa Grande. And the pool I was at was the Grandy Pool. All right. And uh, I was there with my mom and my cousin Mandy. And I remember clearly my mom telling me, Mijo, sit down here on the stairs. Mijo is a term of endearment, right? My, my son, right? Mijo, sit here on these stairs. Don't go in the water. I'm going to go on the other side and get your cousin. Stay right here, right? Well, she went to the other side, and suddenly, and I don't even know where this kid came from. There was this little punk kid just started trash-talking me. You know, you're a dude, you're competitive, you got to prove yourself. And he starts just saying, dude, you're just a little kid. You don't know how to swim. I was like, yes, I do. He's like, you can't, dude, you can't swim, man, prove it. I was like, yeah, I can. Shut up, dude. Right? I'm just like that little silly childish talk. He says, prove it. And the truth is, I couldn't swim, right? I was, in a, I was in a place where I had to prove myself, so I jumped in the water, and I couldn't swim. I immediately just sunk like a rock. And I remember looking up, and you can see the sun, you can see the light up there, and just bubbles coming out, and I'm stuck on the bottom, right? I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything. It felt like the light was closing in, Right? And suddenly, my mom scooped me out of the water and rescued me. And, uh, it, and so she's asking me, what are you doing, right? What are you doing? Well, there was this kid, and the kid's nowhere to be found. He's gone. And I'm like, now I think back, like, where were the lifeguards? The lifeguards were not paying attention at all. And, but if it wasn't for my mom rescuing me, right, scooping me up, I was hopeless. I was helpless. I couldn't swim. And it was kind of an interesting metaphor for our position before God, right? Before God, we're, we're hopeless and helpless. We're, we're drowning in our sin. There's nothing we can do to get ourselves out of that position, right? We can't save ourselves. We need God to come and scoop us up and rescue us from drowning, right? And, that, and, and that, that's the good news of the gospel, that God does that, that God does rescue us. And that's what we see in this story today. But there's a lot of times in life when it feels like we're drowning, right? Even that song just alluded to that, 
right? Where we feels like we're just drowning. Maybe it's drowning in debt, right? We're just struggling financially. Maybe the economy's got you, inflation's hurting you, the, the, gas, the gas pump is hurting your, your bank account, right? And it just feels like we're, we're drowning. We're struggling just to get by. And we don't know what, what, how we're going to make it. Maybe uh, life, sometimes life feels like we're drowning with health, health issues, right? I've known enough people here to know that, that many of you have had some very difficult health issues. And you don't understand, like, why, right? Like you're doing everything you can to treat it and it, and it hits you out of nowhere, or, or it could be, me could feel like you're drowning in, in marital issues, marital conflict, or, or sometimes life, it's hard raising children, and you feel like you're drowning, you're, you're hopeless, you need rescue. There's a number of things just in life that are just, just hitting us, right? And, and life is hard, and, and we struggle, and we scratch and claw, and, and, and sometimes it just feels hopeless, right? On top of that, there's stress and anxiety, and depression. Uh, maybe you've lost someone, a, a loved one, a, a, a close to you, right? And you're, you're grieving, you're hurting. And, and we just feel like, man, we just need to be rescued. We need to be rescued. And you know what? As I've gone through this, I've come to see that we're sometimes, we're, we're kind of a lot, we're a lot like Jonah, right? When we, uh, Jonah kind of got himself into it. And I'm not trying to say all of our struggles in life, all of our difficulties are a result of our own sin. That is not true. Some of these things just happen because we live in a broken world, a fallen world. But some of our issues, some of our problems come because we're like Jonah, because we disobey God, right? We seek to do life our own way. We hear the wisdom of God and we say, you know what? I think I know better. Or we run from God's call on our life, and it, and it gets us into trouble. We ignore, ignore biblical wisdom, ignoring the, the Holy Spirit's call on our life, and, and we find ourselves in, in these difficult situations. Right? Life is hard enough. We, we, sh- we, we got to be careful not to add more difficulty on top of it. And, and, um, but I, I want you to know that there's, there's hope here right? Uh, the big idea today I want to communicate is that when we feel like we're drowning, that God is with us, right? When we feel like we're drowning, God is with us, whether, it, whether it's because we're being like Jonah and we're being foolish and like, even like me being a little kid and being foolish and jumping in the water and getting myself in that situation, God is with us. Or if it's just part of being, living in a fallen world and, and we're, we're drowning and struggling, God is with us. And one of the things we're going to see here today is that, that God is so gracious to Jonah. God is so gracious. This, this book is all about the graciousness of God. All you see is God's grace to everyone in this story, whether it's Jonah or the Ninevites or the sailors, that God is so gracious. So let's get into it. Uh, where we're at today is we find that, that Jonah has run from God. God's call comes to Jonah. God says, go to Nineveh, right? Call them to repent or they were, or, so that, uh, that God's grace could come down and that they would not be destroyed. And Jonah hears that call 
and he says, uh, no thanks. The Ninevites were the enemies of Israel, the enemies of God's people, and he doesn't want to go. He, does, he knows God is gracious, and he does not want God's grace to go to them. So he runs from God's grace. He literally goes the opposite direction. He jumps on a boat, right? He's going to run from God. He thinks he can run from God, but he can't run, right? And, and so God, in his grace, sends a storm. And this storm, uh, the, the, the sailors that are there with them, they're throwing everything overboard. They're, they're, they're paddling. They're trying to survive. And Jonah's asleep in the middle of the ship. Jonah is more than happy to die. He's ready to drown. He's ready to, he's, he doesn't even care that who he's bringing down with him. He just wants to die. He can't imagine going to Nineveh. Well, they, they eventually find out that it, the storm is because of Jonah, that he is running from God. And he convinces them that if they want to live, to throw him off the ship. And they do everything they can to, to, to preserve his life. And in the end, they have, they're forced to, to throw him into the water. And once he hits that water, the storm stops. Right? The, the wind and the waves are calm. And... Jonah sinks. That's where we're at today, is Jonah is sinking. And, and, and we find where God meets him when he's drowning, right? He's tangled up in seaweed. He's going to the bottom of the sea, and God meets him there. So let's read it. Jo Jonah 1, uh, we're going to start in verse 17, and we're going to go through 2.10. It says here that the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out from help, for help from deep inside shale. You heard my voice. When he threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Right? So Jonah is, is drowning. He's drowning, and God graciously sends a great fish to swallow him up. And when he's in the belly of that fish, he prays. He cries out to God. God saves his life from the pit, and he ends up being vomited onto dry land to fulfill the call of God in his life. Now, if you're wondering, could that really happen? Could someone really be swallowed by a great fish? Well, not too long ago, it was June 11, 2021, there was a Cape Cod uh, report of a man who was uh, lobster diving. His name was Michael Packard. 
and he was completely swallowed by a humpback whale. And he, he recounts the story of thinking he's dead, right? He, he believed he was going to die. And he says after about 30, 40 seconds, the whale came out of the water and spit him out. I guess the scuba gear didn't taste so good, right? So, so he was lucky he made it. He also survived a plane crash, they, they know in the story. So he's a lucky guy, right? But uh, so, so crazy as it sounds, it can happen. And there's been other reports. You can Google those later, all right? But this is a picture of, of Jonah is drowning and God saving him, all right? So I want to give you a, a, a few just... Uh, Things that as I was going through this that I just felt like God was, was speaking to me. And I want to encourage you these things. So Jonah's drowning, but God is sovereign over his circumstances. Right? God is sovereign. It is the Lord who sends the, the storm. It's the Lord who sends the great fish. And it's the Lord who commands the fish to vomit him onto dry land. Like God is so, sovereign and in control this whole time, right? It, it, this is all being worked out according to the plan and the will and the purpose of God, right? So when we're going through times where it just feels like we're drowning, it doesn't make sense. God, if you are a Christian, right? If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, God is working all things out on your behalf. That God is sovereign over your life. He's either willing things to happen, right? He's actually making things happen. Or sometimes he allows certain things. But overall, God is going to work things towards his plan. And one of my favorite verses, it's probably pretty familiar to all of us, is Romans 8.28. It says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Right? That God works out all things for the good, for those who love God, right? This is an important condition, those who love God. That's a special kind of hope that Christians have that the rest of the world doesn't have, right? The rest of the world doesn't know why things are happening, right? They, they can't be assured that, that they're going to work out for their good. But Christians can know, all right, I don't understand these circumstances. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I know God is somehow going to work it all for my good. Uh, one of the ways to kind of think about it is, is, is uh, being in the Grand Canyon. Imagine you're white water rafting in the Grand Canyon. As you're going through the, this curvy, the Colorado River, River as it weaves through the canyon, you only get a small glimpse of what is ahead and what is behind, right? You, you don't get to see the whole big picture of the canyon. And, and that's really our perspective in life, right? We just see a little bit ahead and a little bit behind us. But God is, is at the top of the canyon. You know, picture an, an eagle soaring over the canyon, and he can look out down, and he can see Right where the river comes in and where the river ends, he can see this great perspective, and, and that's God's perspective over our lives. Right? God sees it all and he knows it all, and he's working on our on our good and our behalf. And 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 uh, and uh, so what 
one of the ways that I've seen that in our life. And so sometimes in life, right, we go through these seasons of difficulty, and we get a, we get an opportunity to see like what God did. A lot of times, sometimes those things don't make sense. We just don't know, right? But there are these times in life where we'll, we can look back and see like, wow, look what God did, right? Look what God did. I can tell you in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, my, my, I was doing some work on my house and we discovered a huge sewer line disaster underneath my house. Basically, uh, the tub and the kitchen uh, sewer lines were busted, and all the water was just running underneath my house. The, fa- the, wa- the dirt foundation of the house had sunk down, and it was just it was a toxic mess down there. And, uh, and we had to move out of our home for, for two, three months, and it was, it was really discouraging. We didn't have enough money to fix the house. On top of that, my AC unit went out. All my appliances went out. It was insane. It was insane. And in the end, God provided for us, right? He provided the money for us. He, he provided a place for us to stay in. And it didn't really make sense. But looking back, I can see uh, what God did is he addressed the root issues to some health issues that Ruthie had, recurring health issues that were rooted into what was going on underneath the surface of our home. And, I, and God paved the way for me to be able to come over here to Anchor Church through that, right? And so, so you just have to know that, that God, when we're in the middle of it, it doesn't make sense, right? But God sees it all, and he's, he's working for our good. And, 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 and it's a blessing to get to see when God does, does those amazing things. So I just want to assure you, Christian, that God is working on your behalf, right? He's working for your good, right? When you're sinking, when you're in the belly of that whale, right? God is working. Two, God is pursuing us relentlessly. I, I just think about Jonah, right? He disobeys God. God tells him, Go to Nineveh, and he runs. God, God, he, he flees from God's presence. He's willing to take everyone down with him. He wants to die. Right? God could have easily just said, know what? Let him sink. If I was God, I would have let him sink. But I'm glad I'm not God. Right? I'm too mean. <laughs> but God is like constantly pursuing Jonah. It blows my mind. Like, why didn't God just say, you know what? Fine, Jonah, you don't want to go, have it your way, right? He could have used the sailors. Maybe he could have rerouted the ship after Jonah, Jonah went down and used the sailors. He could have sent someone else. God could have done anything he wanted. He could have sent an angel down there, you know? But God doesn't give up on Jonah. He keeps pursuing Jonah in the whale. While he's sinking, God is there before him with him and and so you see when you look at these things you have to see that the storm the fish all this is is part of god's grace and his mercy in his life that that's a weird thing to think about right to think about that these difficulties that him almost drowning by him swallowed being swallowed by a whale these these circumstances are actually part of god's grace in his life to move him, to keep pursuing him. And, 
And I, I, it just makes me think about, about God's love for us, right? Maybe, maybe you've ran away from God. Maybe you're avoiding God's call on your life, right? Maybe you, you've been feeling like, I need to repent of, of something, right? I need to confess this, this sin or this secret, or, right? Or, or I just know that I've been stubborn and I'm trying to do life my own way. If you're a Christian, God will not give up on you. He won't stop pursuing you, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, right? Thank you, God, that he won't. Right? And that's a picture that, man, how good is God, right? How great is his love and his faithfulness, even when we're faithless and we run from him. And maybe you even feel guilty like, man, I've screwed up too many times. How could God still love me? Right? How could he still love me? I'm just, I'm just like Jonah. Right? I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Whatever, whatever those, those lies that Satan has circulating in your head, God say, no, I, I love you. I won't give up on you. He'll keep pursuing you. All right? He'll be faithful to you. Uh, it, may, it reminds me of Romans 8, 38. Just want to encourage you with this passage. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right? Nothing can separate you. Not even you. Not even your own sin. Not even your own failure can separate you from the love of God. Right? Do you have anything in, in your life that you can think of that that you'll never give up on this thing, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a child, right? I, I've gotten a glimpse of that being a father, of how much I love my kids. And even when they disobey me, I love them, right? When they hurt, I hurt. And I want the best for them. And I won't give up on them. And, and that's how God is to you. That's that, the picture of the, the father's love for you. He won't give up on you. He hurts when you hurt. He's pursuing you. And so if you're running from God, I'd encourage you to stop running. Embrace him. Right? He's, he's there pursuing after you, ready to love you, ready to forgive you. And that's what we're going to see here. As we get into this text, we see that God hears jo our prayer and answers us. Right? God hears Jonah when he prays. Right? He's not ignoring Jonah. Uh, it, it, look at verse 2. It says, I called to the Lord in my distress. This is what Jonah says. And he answered me. God answered Jonah. I cried out from help from deep inside shale. And you heard my voice. And then verse 6 says, Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. Right? God heard him. He answers him. He saves him. And Jonah's finally able to say in verse 9, I will fulfill what I vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to God. So Jonah finally gets to a place where I think he's humbled, where he's able to see, yes, and he's able to acknowledge his sin, right? Like, I've been running from you, God, and now I see I'm a sinner. I, now, that I, now I see that I need to be rescued. And God raises his life from the pit. Now, it's a very interesting thing because think about this. Jonah is still in the belly of the whale when he says, God raised my life from the pit. Think about it. His circumstances 
have not changed. His circumstances are he still thinks he's going to die, right? This is like a, almost like a deathbed prayer where he thinks he's going to die. And he says, God, God, you have saved me, right? He's had this spiritual salvation, right? He's, he's confessed his sin and he he's, has this sense of God's grace and his love and his mercy, his forgiveness of his sin while his circumstances are still terrible, right? Couldn't get any worse. And I want you to know that, that God, God saves. And sometimes our circumstances don't change like that, right? But God saves, and we get his grace, and we get his forgiveness, and we know, hey, no matter how bad it gets right here, I might die. I have eternity to look forward to, right? Like, I have God here with me. He's forgiven me, and I know that no matter how bad it gets, it can only last a lifetime, right? Because I have eternity to look forward to in the presence of God. So Jonah receives God's grace. He receives salvation, but then he receives grace upon grace, right? Because God gives him even more grace to vomit him and give him an opportunity to, to continue his life, to fulfill his vows to God, to obey God and, and live for him. And he's vomited. And so, I'd, man, I, I just hope you hear that, that, man, God, whatever you're going through, you know, if you're just, you're just going through it, you're struggling, God hears you, right? God answers you. God will save you. Salvation belongs to our God. And, and I, I, can't, I can't promise you what the circumstances are going to look like. But I can know, tell you that God's going to be with us, working all things for our good. He's going he's to bring forgiveness and wholeness. And God, God's going to move in the middle of it all. And, and in the end... We see this amazing salvation that happens for Jonah. And really this salvation is a, is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. It's a foreshadowing of, of someone greater who's going to come after Jonah. Uh, it's been said, Tim Keller says this, that Jonah, uh, Jesus is the truer and better Jonah. All right, you hear that? Jesus is the truer and better Jonah. I want to, Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, right? And, and God rescues him out of that belly of the whale to go preach to Nineveh, to bring salvation to the Ninevites. Well, Jesus would do something even greater than this. In Matthew 12, 38, it says here, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment of this generation and condemn it, because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. Right? So you get this picture of, of salvation that came through Jonah. He's in the belly of the well. Three days, three nights. The men of Nineveh, Nineveh repent. Spoiler alert, right? <laughs> Jesus, that's the end of the story. They repent. 
right? They hear, they hear the call of God. They repent. They, they receive salvation, and, and they're standing with God at the judgment. How amazing is that, right? But Jesus says, hey, there's something greater than Jonah is here. And he's alluding to the cross, right? That Jesus himself would be crucified, right? Just as Jonah was flung into the sea, Jesus was nailed up on a cross. And he, spent, he's, he, and he dies on that cross. And he spends three days and three nights buried in a tomb, right? That was his, his belly. The belly of the whale was his, his tomb. And he, like Jonah, rises to new life, right? He, he rises out of the pit, and then God uses him to save the world, right? Jesus is the Savior of the world, not just Nineveh, of all peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations. Because of Jesus, all things will be made new. We know that one day he's going to return, and, and he's going to put an end to Satan's sin and death, right? Our hope is in him for salvation now, Right, spiritual salvation, and then in the future, when there's no more sin and pain and death anymore, right? He's going to make it the way it's supposed to be, and that's so much greater than Jonah, right? Jonah's a little small, little little picture of what what God would do, and so, and, and Jesus just shows, you know, that 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 relentless that love how he pursues us, how he comes after us. He's willing to step out of heaven to come down to us. He's willing to, to die to pursue us. He's so good. He's so kind He's lo- and so loving, right? So I want to ask you if you're struggling. Maybe you hear this and you're struggling. You're just going through it in life. I, wa- I want to encourage you to, to cry out to God like Jonah. Cry out. God hears you. He answers you. Receive his salvation. Right? He's pursuing you. He hears you. And he, and he wants to be with you. All right. So how do we live this out? Right? It, it seems like a, a strange passage. How do we think about living this out, this strange story of, of this man who gets swallowed by a fish? But I think there's, a lot of, there's some really good application here. Because what you'll see is that God moves when Jonah prays, right? That God answers his prayer. And, and so I want us to hear this as a call to prayer. That God, pray to the God who hears and answers our prayer, right? We should be praying. When we're in the pit, when we're struggling, we can pray to God. We can ask him to save us, to rescue us, to help us. And we can be confident that he answers. Right? That, that's the good news as being a Christian, that we have a God who hears us and answers us. And I also would say, maybe you're not going through difficulty, right? There, there, a life is, and basically in life, we're either coming out of a difficulty, we're in one, or we're probably pretty likely about to go into one. And we can pray even, we can pray maybe preventative prayers, prayers that might, uh, might prepare us for what is to come, right? Maybe, maybe we've been rebelling against God, seeking to go our own way. We're, 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 we're running from God, and maybe we can pray and confess and repent our sins before we have to go into the belly of the whale, right? 
That, that, that would be a good idea. I'd prefer that. I always try to do that. But, but I, I just want to encourage you to pray. Pray. It, it, pray for others. Right? Pray for others to, to know Christ, to receive his grace. Pray for the others that are, are struggling, and you know that they're struggling. Pray. God hears. God answers. And, and somehow God's chosen to use prayer to move in our lives. Right? That God has, has given us that. And I want another, the second thing is share the good news of God's grace. I think something has happened to Jonah when he's in that fish. Right When he's able to see his own sin, see his own need for a Savior, when he saw his need for grace and he received God's grace, then he was able to then share God's grace with others. And, and you'll see he's still stubborn. He's still hard-headed, right? But he's taking these, these faithful steps to go out and share God's grace. And, and so when we really truly know God's grace, when we've received his forgiveness, and we've felt his love, it makes it easier for us to be then to go out and share his grace. Uh, one of the things, I, I went to an Acts 29 conference with, with Jason and Tiffany and, and my wife Ruthie in Denver uh, a couple weeks ago, and one of the speakers, what he said just really stuck to me, and it's been just in my mind, he said that evangelism is an overflow. We talk about what we love. He says, evangelism is an overflow. We talk about what we love. And so when we truly receive God's grace, right, when we feel his love and, and that love is being reciprocated to God, evangelism, sharing the good news, becomes kind of overflow, right? We're so uh, amazed at God's love, at his grace, at his forgiveness, that we're then able to, to share it. We want to share it. We want to tell people about what has, God has done in our lives. And so, so I, and that reminds me of the, our value, is to be relentlessly outward, right? We can't be relentlessly outward if we don't know God's grace, right? If we're not praying and repenting and confessing our own sin and, and receiving God's grace, it's going to be very difficult for us to share that with others, right? Evangelism becomes the overflow of our hearts, of experiencing God's love in, our, in, in grace. So pray and share the good news. Uh, we're going to have the band. The band can kind of come up here. And uh, I want to tra transition here a little bit. But uh, I, want, I just want us to get this, right? The, the, I started out with that picture of me drowning, right? I was drowning. There was nothing I could do to save myself. Right, and I needed rescue. And our place before God is that we are drowning in our sin. And we actually, what we deserve before God is condemnation. Jonah, what did he deserve? He deserved to die, right? But God doesn't give him what he deserves, right? God gives him mercy, right? That's mercy. God doesn't give us what we deserve. And on top of that, God is gracious to him. He gives him what he doesn't deserve, right? That's what grace is. It's, it's this overflow of God's grace where he doesn't give a, not only does he relent from his, his wrath, but he gives us what we don't deserve, his grace and his forgiveness and his love. 
And that's our, our, our position before God and it, that God has saved us despite our sin at an infinite price to Jesus. God is so good. And I want you to know that whatever you're going through, that God is with you, right? He's sovereignly working on your behalf. He's pursuing you in the depths and he hears your prayer and he will answer you. And if we got that, how would it change how we live our lives? I think it would, it would move us to start praying for the Ninevites in our lives. Maybe you have people you know who are, are far off from God and you think, no way God could ever save them. I, I'm not even going to try. They've rejected me a bunch of times. They make fun of me every time I try to talk about Jesus. What if we begin to pray for them, right? And, and, and pray for God to move in their lives. What if we, we uh, what if maybe there, there are people that in your life that, that you just, they just drive you crazy. You don't like them. Maybe they have different politics than you. Maybe they have different views than you uh, on whatever social issue it is and, and, and you'd rather just stay away from them. What if we began to pray for them? What if we began to share the love and the grace of God that overflows out of our hearts with them? How might God move? Right? How might God move? And I think we could see lives changed. I think we could see people being baptized and we could welcome in different people into the family of God. And so I want to just encourage you that God can use you just like he used Jonah, the imperfect prophet, right? The, the prophet who runs from God. God can use you. Amen. So I just want to, let me just pray for us. Lord Jesus, I, I just thank you, Lord, that you're so gracious. And I, I just pray that your spirit would help us, would connect these words to our hearts, Lord that we could see we're like Jonah but there's hope for us that we can cry out we can, re we can receive your grace and I pray that if there's anyone here today that, that doesn't know you and maybe they feel your, your spirit Lord calling them, drawing them, convicting them Lord I pray that they would respond to you that they would cry out Lord that you would redeem them I just pray for that Lord I, I pray for anyone who's struggling Lord, I, I pray that you would, you would give them assurance that you're with them, that you love them, that you're guiding them, Lord. And I pray that we would fill your hope and love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.